Welcome to The Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, April 14th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And my guest for today's show, Elise Enriquez with Elise Enriquez Coaching Consulting, Overcoming Overwhelm. It's going to be a great conversation. The entire show is all about Elise today, so uh, excited to share the wealth of information that she has. Great information and, of course, a great guest in studio. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyr.com. And we'll start out today's show just like I do each week with a little money chat. Money. Money. And subprime mortgages coming back. Subprime mortgages were blamed for the biggest financial disaster in the, in the century. These mortgages were provided to borrowers with sketchy credit who put little skin into the game. Following the epic housing crisis, they disappeared due to a strong new regulation and zero demand for investors who were badly burned. Barely a decade later, they're coming back with a new name. They're calling them non-prime instead of subprime. And so far, some new standards. These loans are originated and serviced and also securitized for sale by investors. Some lenders believe uh, that there is a market today for the secondary market for people who want to buy non-prime loans. As of now, the lending industry has gone back, has not gone back to the NINA loans. This is where there was no income, no asset loans, or crazy lending to borrowers with no job, but they would still lend them home mortgages. Hopefully these loans do not come back as they were the cause of the financial meltdown. But there are loans today allowing borrowers to have a FICO score as low as 500, one day out of foreclosure, and other challenged credit issues. The difference is they actually have to be able to verify that they have the income and the employment to qualify. Uh, U.S. subprime mortgages securities are making a comeback for sure. The uh, issuance of bonds backed by the home loans too risky to qualify for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac almost doubled year over year in the first quarter of 2018 to $1.3 billion from $666 million. The prediction is that subprime mortgages bonds will hit $10 billion this year, up from $4.1 billion from last year. Now, so the appetite obviously is producing more as this is growing. Some obser- observers argue that today's subprime mortgages markets isn't as risky as it was in the pre-2008, citing new rules that force issuers to keep 5% of the bonds of their books and take 
uh, stock on the borrower's financial strength. So that makes them a little more accountable and maybe a little more cautious as far as what they're lending. The current average for agency-backed mortgages is in the mid-700s as far as FICO score. Now, relaxed lending standards, even prime loans or lowering lending standards. Last summer, Fannie Mae announced it would relax its lending standards from prime loans, allowing borrowers with higher debt-to-income ratios lower credit scores to obtain loans without additional risk overlay, such as large down payment and years worth of cash reserves that came into play after the financial meltdown. Fannie Mae uh, raised its debt-to-income ratio, DTI, limit from 45 to 50. Now, DTI is the amount of the total debt by the borrower can compare to their income. As a result, demand from the buyers of higher debt exceeding expectations. The share of DTI loans jumped from 6% in January of 2016 to 2017 to nearly 20% by the end of February 2018, according to a study by Urban Institute. From January, July 2017, Fannie Mae purchased 80,467 loans, to be exact, with DTI ratios between 45 and 50%. But from August of 2017 to February of 2018, Fannie Mae purchased 181,911 loans in the same DTI bucket. So this is increasing more than 100,000 loans in just seven months. The mortgage industry expectations that Fannie Mae would mitigate the additional risk with other factors like high necessary, higher necessary credit scores, but that was not added, and the mortgage insurance balked since they would be on the hook for that risk. So last month, Fannie Mae re-looked and did a risk assessment uh, criteria again to make it a little safer. Now, millennials carry uh, more debt. The Outside demands from the borrowers of more debt also as well demand of the non-prime mortgages in the private sector. So just how many borrowers today would like to become homeowners but are frozen out by the mortgage market. Millennials, the largest home buying uh, cohort today, have much higher levels of student loan than previous generations. A member of the older generations who went through foreclosures during the housing crisis or other hits to their credit are still struggling with the low FICO scores. Uh, In addition, credit tightened up dramatically. In fact, it has accounted for over 6 million missing loans, according to the research done by Urban Institute. These are mortgages that would have been uh, granted under more normal historical underwriting standards, again, before the financial meltdown. The rebirth of the non-prime market is forced on these missing mortgages, and the hope is the industry will be able to focus on better standing underwriting and not take the risk of levels that they once did, levels uh, that resulted in the financial market disaster. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with these non-prime, which is really the old subprime loans coming back. And I think we're going to be safe as long as they're not allowing clients that don't have jobs are they're allowing clients that are coming in and not verifying where their income is I think a stated income loan program is fine as long as you're working with like a self-employed buyer that um, you know has some challenges in how they're financing their tax returns uh, we can still keep our economy stays uh, safe so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out for the mortgage industry and coming up next on the money hour overcoming overwhelm Elise Enriquez with Elise Enriquez coaching consulting right here at 1150 a.m. KKNW after the short break. Are you a business owner stuck on the hamster wheel of just keeping up with your daily demands of your business? Are you letting clients, friends, and family down because things are slipping through the cracks? Or maybe you're a business owner with a team that's having a hard time with leadership. Elise Enrique's productivity coaching helps solopreneurs and entrepreneurs just like you create simple systems for sustainable success. 
and they help small business owners get their team on track so that everyone can work together to help their customers and business grow. Elise Enrique's productivity coaching can help you create your bonus brain that will hold everything that needs to be remembered so that you can use your brain to solve problems and dream bigger. Elise is a certified life coach and Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Facilitator that helps her clients achieve consistent year-over-year growth. And Elise takes a highly personalized and customized approach to helping her clients achieve their goals with less stress. This is Elise Enriquez with Elise Enriquez Productivity Coaching. To get more information on overcoming the overwhelm of entrepreneurship, you can call me at 206-909-2117 or reach me online at eliseenriquez.com. Again, that's 206-909-2117 or eliseenriquez.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKW, the Saturday, April 14th show. It is a great day to talk money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, and build a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can talk with the guests that I have on the show today by calling one 855 411.50 or going online at themoneyara.com. In studio right now and for the entire day, so you definitely will want to stay in tune for the rest of the hour. I have Elise Enriquez with Elise Enriquez Coaching and Consulting. And my conversation with Elisa today is about overcoming overwhelm. Elisa, thank you. First time uh, in studio with me. Excited. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Of course. A little bit about Elise. Elise is a productivity coach who works with growing solo entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs to create simple systems to sustain success. She takes a highly personalized approach to helping business owners overcome overwhelm of life and business. And I'm sure some of my listeners, uh, you might be listening, you've definitely been there. You can pick the destination and Elise helps you enjoy the journey. And I love that. My book is Journey With Me. I just, I think everybody, we're all on on a journey. And to really be able to um, bring in and work with people that can help us master as we're on that journey is just uh, uh, beautiful. So Elise, um, how have, how did you become a coach? Well, I was at Microsoft for a number of years. That was my first real professional gig mm-hmm. was to be there doing process and policy work. And really that work is about when I look back at it, it was a sitting around conference room tables, yes, <laughs> getting people on the same page and moving projects forward. Uh-huh. And I loved my time there. I loved the people there. Uh, I felt cared for by the company, but it still wasn't what I wanted to do, right? I was, yeah. It was online advertising. That just wasn't my thing. Uh, so I moved on to real estate, of all uh-huh. things, <laughs> after that. I think a lot of people probably did. I did yeah. it a little bit later than some people did in terms of right when the market was shifting and okay. about, about to reach its peak, which was actually a great time to become an agent because you had to actually learn how to yes. be an agent, right? Yes, So it was a good time to be an agent and, and become a, a true professional in the industry. Uh-huh. And that was me basically driving around in cars with people, getting them on the same page and, and moving these projects forward. Yes. So it's that same kind of thing of like getting consensus, moving forward, getting consensus and moving forward. Uh, and when I was in real estate, I actually hired a coach at that time. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. as you know, in the real estate lending world, a lot of real estate coaching companies and, yes. and l- lender coaching companies. And so I hired one of those coaches and uh, knew at some point that I wanted to get out of real estate. It still wasn't oh. quite right. It was more personal, but it still wasn't quite right. And 
I want I asked that coach for help with that uh-huh. and she couldn't help me because she only helps people with specifically real estate and real estate coaching to build their real estate business to build their business uh-huh. and, and to build their business the way that they're you know that the lead coach the lead guy sure. you know build his business of course. right so as I went and explored on my own and tried to figure out what I was going to do next and that's when I came across a book called Finding Your Own North Star okay by Martha Beck uh-huh. And in that book, it's all about reconnecting your social self with your essential self, your social self being the person that shows up in the world and knows how to get things done and knows how to move mm-hmm. their thing forward in the world. And then your essential self is just who you are at your core, who you're meant to be, how you're meant to show up. Yes. And there often becomes a disconnect because we get more focused on moving along in the world and getting mm-hmm. along in the world uh-huh. than being ourselves. And so it was a book about reconnecting those two selves. And as I was doing those exercises, I think it was about chapter two. There's a bunch of exercises in this book. Uh-huh. I thought, I want to do this with other people. Wow. Like I want to help so them. That was, so that was your inspiration yeah. to, that to was, get in and start your coaching, coaching and consulting business. Yep. That was the big wake up call for me. Yeah, that is awesome. And how long have you been doing this now, Elise? So almost 10 years. In March, it'll be 10 okay. years. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Thank decade. you. I know. Yeah. I'm going to have to do some sort of party or something, right? You know? Definitely. <laughs> some yeah, celebration. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I noticed that you... Um, that that find your way is one of your taglines. And isn't that what all good coaches do, help clients find their way and move forward in business? Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. I, I think so, at least. Yes, <laughs> find they their, should. Find their way, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But, you know, like I was saying, my experience that I had with with coaching, like, quote, unquote, business coaching uh-huh. was different. It was more about it wasn't about the client. It was about the coach. So it yeah. was do my thing, right? Yes. They were saying do what I did. I'm saying let's find your way of doing things. Yeah, I love that. And I think if you're if you're really specific in a particular industry like real estate or mortgage, having a plan that has been proven that can work mm-hmm. and be able to plug that in to have something to look at is a good way. But you do have to bring in your uniqueness, as you said, and find out what type of um, uh, passion that you have that you can connect to what you're doing, make sure it's the right place for you, and then how you can bring in your own personal strengths um, into the process. So makes uh, total Total sense. Yeah, absolutely. So finding your your way, what is that? Help my listeners see what does that look like? Well, it you know, it can look like a lot of things, but specifically at least the way I do it, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> or actually, you know, at the highest level, finding your way is really about self-understanding and self-acceptance. Okay. And there's different ways to go about doing that. I love using assessments. Yes. Um, I love, you know, like the Myers-Briggs type yes. indicator, the Enneagram, anything that can help foster more self-awareness, I think is a really good thing. And a lot of people think that awareness leads to action, but there's actually two steps in between awareness and action. And the first one is acceptance and the second one's appreciation. And so it's one thing to start on the self-awareness path. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different thing to get to self-acceptance. And when you do that, then you can start to understand, you know, who you are at your best, how you operate, what your patterns of success and what your patterns of failure are. Uh And when you know that, then you can start to set up and create the path that actually works for you. Got it. So like you were saying before, you can have a proven program for success, but then when you have that self-awareness and even more so the self-acceptance about how you're really wired and what yes. you really believe in, yeah. you can combine those things to move forward in a much more and powerful way. And then it's a never-ending um, uh, journey oh, heading towards that goodness. success. Yeah. 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 There's so, no destination. <laughs> exactly. Ex- exactly. <laughs> so I imagine that's the first thing that you do then when a client uh, hires you to coach in 
and, and consult them, you're putting them through that process yeah. and that ex- exercise to, to find that. And what does that time frame look like, uh, Elise, when somebody comes in and is going through that process? Is that like your first couple coaching programs or what does that look like? Yeah, for, for the assessment process, it's the very uh-huh. first session. Okay. That's the very first thing we do. Yes. So it just kind of gets everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. And and what I like about assessments is that when they're done well and facilitated well, yeah. they feel like a discovery and not like being put into a box. Of course. And right? then that gives you the map that you need to really help um, to coach them into the direction that they um, are most passionate in and um, most natural in, yeah. the natural environment. And it gives them the language. So, you know, if anybody out there is familiar with Myers-Briggs, you have extroversion uh-huh. and introversion and sensing yes. and intuition. You have all these words, all these, uh-huh. you know, phrases and words that are in terminology that gets used. I always tell people, okay, you're going to learn all this in order to learn your type, and then I uh-huh. want you to forget all the terminology and learn how to talk about yourself in a real way. Right? Oh, yeah, it makes learn sense. Learn how to talk about yourself like a human <laughs> yes, being. Yeah. But those assessments can start to give them the words and phrases that they can kind of edit and alter to help other people understand them so they can move forward in a better way. Got because it. it's not just about, I think the best assessments don't only help you understand yourself, uh-huh. they help you appreciate the differences in other people so of that course. you can come together and do cool stuff in the world yeah. together. Yeah, beautiful. So you call yourself a productivity coach. Mm-hmm. Um, explain exactly what that is. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because in the realm of sales, uh, mm-hmm. you know, productivity is often about production, like how much production did you do this month, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> right? And, and for other people, productivity in general, can they can start to think of getting a lot of stuff done. Yes, organization. Yeah, get, yeah. yeah. organization, mm-hmm. getting as much done as humanly possible. And really productivity is about getting, moving forward the things that you want to actually move forward, moving forward Got the it. things that matter most to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what productivity is about. Yeah. And so it's figuring out how to help people like flip that switch from let me just hustle and get as much done as possible yes and stepping back and saying how can I look at what the priorities are what I really want to move forward and how can I move those things forward yeah and and that it's so important because once you can um, help support somebody in creating that space for themselves I always talk about um, releasing the emotional stress that you have attached to because it's that emotional stress that is attached to a particular thing um, that blocks you from your creativity and mm-hmm. really being able to get to the level of success that you want to. Mm-hmm. So um, it's why it's so important to have somebody that can gain, can support you through that process and to help you create that space. So has productivity always been um, your focus? No. I mean, like I said before, at the beginning, you know, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be when uh-huh. I grew up, right? Yes. Going from Microsoft to real estate to what I do now. And so at the beginning, you know, you learn when you become certified as a coach, you learn to kind of coach what you know. And what I knew was career transition. So Mm -hmm. I started there. Uh, But in trying to grow my business, I started attending networking groups. Uh So I was surrounded by entrepreneurs all the time. And I was like, I love these guys. Yes, (laughs) yes. So much fun. Uh Because in the corporate space, when you are already um, really enmeshed there and you've got these great benefits, you've got the golden handcuffs, right? Making those transitions is hard. And even Mm -hmm. in accomplishing growth with in those organizations requires a lot of permission from upper-level management and things like that or or just the the realities of of how something is structured. And in entrepreneurship, what I loved about entrepreneurs is that they get to be as action-oriented as they want to be, and Mm -hmm. they usually are somewhat by nature, right? So they were a fun group for me to start to hang with. 
And they, you know, started saying, well, I know that you say you're doing career transition stuff, but can you uh-huh. help me? <laughs> yes. I'm stuck in my business here. I'm like, yeah. okay, let me see what I can do to help uh-huh. you. And a lot of the same concepts that you can apply in any kind of coaching apply, you know, in, in entrepreneurship as well. Of course. And so getting to make that switch was a lot of fun. But even then... I got more focused on helping people identify their purpose uh-huh. and align their business with their purpose. Okay. Um, and so, and and I did a lot of work with my own coach to uncover my purpose. So, like, uh-huh. my purpose statement is to foster understanding and acceptance of self and others so that we can come together to make the world a better place. Yes, love that. I had space for myself to, to make that a reality. Uh-huh. But that's not always true in entrepreneurship. When you're good at it, you build up so much activity around you sure, <laughs> and, and such really wonderful full lives mm-hmm. that they can become overwhelming. And yeah. so what I realized is people couldn't get to living out their purpose and having their businesses and lives be more purposeful because mm-hmm. they were just overwhelmed by day-to-day life. Yes. And so I needed to help them at the ground level yeah. and get more clear at the ground level so they could free up space to operate in a different way. You have to be way. able to pee off the, peel off those layers yes. in order to open up that space. So um, do you do mainly uh, one-on-one coaching or do you do, I know you do a lot of speaking because that's where I went to um, uh, one of our networking groups and mm-hmm. saw you uh, on stage and thought, I got to get her in studio. Oh, thanks. And <laughs> um, so do you, you do your one-on-one coaching? Do you have group, group coaching as well or... Um, uh, what options do you have there? I mostly just do one-on-one coaching okay. or team coaching. Got it. So I work with either a solopreneur who is getting ready to bring somebody on uh-huh. to their team and they got to okay. get things figured out, yes. or I'm working with an entrepreneur and their team so they can get on the same page about what they're doing and get moving forward. Got it. Got it. Okay. So uh, last question before I take us to a uh, break. Sure. Um, Starting from the ground level, can you, um, well, actually, you know what, I want to hold that one because that's probably going to be a little bit, a little bit longer. And um, so you've talked a little bit about how you've, you've got into your, your coaching industry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, I think it's important for that you've gone through that journey yourself, Mm -hmm. that you've been there, that you can help walk people through that process. So what do you think that it is, um, Elise, in where you can really help people think about their their purpose and get them to that level before those layers have been peeled off. Mm-hmm. So how how do we get them to purpose? Yeah, how do you get them to even be able to think about what that oh, you yeah. know, what their purpose is? Because that's a big. It's yeah. like trying to get somebody to say what their why is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's hard. It is hard. And so at the at the very like the very first thing you have to do is is peel some of those layers in terms of mm-hmm. like getting them to a calm, quiet space. Okay. And sometimes they can do that in their busy businesses, and sometimes they can't. So uh-huh. for some people, I can start we. Can jump into purpose work right away. Okay. And that work just involves looking at their past, looking at their patterns of success, okay. looking at their patterns of struggle. And when they tell me enough stories, it's really just a storytelling session. They uh-huh. tell me enough stories. I start to hear the words and the patterns that bring them to life, that get them lit up and, and bring that. the emotion for them huh. that matters. And that's where purpose lives is in that realm of emotion. It doesn't live where our brains have words. And so yes. we have to figure out how to surface the emotion. And when you tell stories around that emotion, you start to get words they can get close enough to that feeling, yeah. which then helps you form a purpose statement. That and, is so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, coming back, I'm going to stay right here with uh, Elise. So coming back from our break, um, overcoming and overwhelm Elise Enriquez with Elise Enriquez Coaching Consulting right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. 
You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 14th show. I'm here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but to talk with myself or the guests that I have in studio today, please call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's 1855 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, and for the remainder of the show, I have Elise Enriquez with Elise Enriquez Coaching and Consulting Overcoming Overwhelm. And we've been talking about uh, Lisa's coaching practice and how she really uh, helps her clients. Uh, starting out by finding their purpose, what's important to them, where they can really give back in this world, and then bring that into what type of business they should be doing. And at least before I took us to a uh, commercial break, we were talking about uh, the ground level and really starting from the ground level and being able to build up. So can you share a little bit about what that looks like? Sure. You know, you mentioned purpose just now. And purpose I mm-hmm. see as the horizon level. It's where we're, yes. where we're going to go. And, and like we were talking about earlier, it's, there's not a, an end destination, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, the direction that we're always heading. Yes. And so there can be a lot of overwhelm in business ownership and entrepreneurship and just life in general. Anybody running a household <laughs> knows, yes. knows that there's overwhelm that happens. And that is the ground level. Like yeah. that's happening at the day-to-day level. It's not happening at the highest level. It's happening uh-huh. day-to-day, minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour. And so when you're starting at the ground level, it's looking at what is causing the most stress for you. Mm-hmm. Where is the overwhelm coming from? How can we pause and how can we look at something specifically that's keeping you up at night, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and how can we figure out how you want that to really look and how to actually get it there using the simplest systems possible? Okay. And I, you know, and I always say too, I mean, that, that, that purpose and that, that vision, that is the highest level Mm -hmm. and then bringing it back to the ground level and taking one day at a time. So does that look completely different for each one of your clients? Cause you're really dialing in and finding out, okay, where's your, where's your biggest challenge right now? Let's go ahead and tackle that, get that completed. I mean, I would imagine, um, the challenges that people have, they're the same challenges all, you know, in all different areas, but it's what's providing them the most pain at that time. Would that be an accurate uh, assumption? Yeah, absolutely. I think you have common categories of problems uh-huh. and struggle and stress, but the specifics of them are, are unique and different. Yes. And so you can't take, well, you might be able to take overall models and ideas uh-huh. and explain those to people. The application of those models, ideas need to be very individualized, very unique and very specific. Okay. And that's why I love doing the one-on-one work that I get to do. Yes. Yeah. And I, I love the ground level. It's kind of the same thing. And really it's in, it's, um, uh, working in the small and rejoicing in the small things at a time, those small successes and being able to take one day at a time because I always talk about take you can't leap up a flight of stairs. You have to take <laughs> one stair at a time and then you'll make it to the top of the stairs. And crash diets don't work for a reason because they're not sustainable. So you really yes. need to build that foundation in order to even if you naturally get or if you overnight get to a success, you're not going to be able to sustain it. And, you know, we've seen that many times um, in working with business professionals. Mm-hmm. They've had that quick thing and then weren't able to sustain it because they didn't have that foundation to support that level of success. So, uh, so important uh, what you're doing, Elise. So 
Let's talk about systems because I I know obviously you're a systems gal and I'm kind of a systems yep, gal myself as are. well. So we're we kind of kindred spirits. <laughs> yes. yes, I just I I love your I love your message because uh, it connects so closely to what's important to me. So, if why do systems matter? Systems matter because anxiety comes from not knowing what's not mm-hmm. getting done. Mm-hmm. The anxiety doesn't come from the because there's worry. Worry yes. is there's a very specific thing that I'm going to. I could worry last night about completely screwing up here today on the radio. Yes. That's something I could have worried about, yes. right? But anxiety comes from not knowing what is not getting done. Yep. Not knowing what which balls are being dropped, not knowing mm-hmm. what's slipping through the cracks, not knowing, you know, which client didn't get called back or yes. you know, which email is in, in my inbox that is worth looking at or not looking at. Uh, you know, and like I said, good entrepreneurs, they they create and generate a lot of activity and yes. that and that swirl of success all around them, but it does become a little bit of a tornado. And if of they step in any direction, they just get caught up in yes. it. And the, in the eye of that storm is the calm. Mm-hmm. And the more systems you create, the bigger the eye gets to be. Yes. And the swirl continues to happen. But with the systems, you know what's in that swirl. Uh-huh. And you can choose to act instead of kind of getting caught up all the time. So those systems really give you the more of the peace and the calm and the ability to know what's not getting done Yes. so that you can decide what to do about it. And you yeah. might decide to do nothing about some of the things that aren't getting done. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly fine because, again, productivity isn't about getting more done. It's moving forward what matters most. Yes, love that. And the the systems allow you to have that plan. And that's what you're, you know, what you're talking about. If you don't come in and have a plan of what your day is going to look like, then you're scattered and that causes worry. And really, I think the, the worry is about the big picture when starting from ground level, mm-hmm. rejoicing in small. It's not about the big picture. It's about the one thing now and then moving on to the yeah. next thing. And this, um, and this, sorry, just real quick. The system uh-huh. also helps you create like that that bonus brain that holds yeah. on to everything, so that your brain doesn't have to hold on to it anymore. Love that the bonus brain. Yeah, I love like that's the best thing about it is yeah. I have a whole bonus brain, right? Yes, <laughs> that uh-huh. holds everything for me, so mm-hmm. I don't have to remember it. Yes. there's a lot that's going on in our lives. Exactly. And why we're um, we're here, we're talking about systems. Um, so share in how you um, manage your. Um, all of the things and tasks and things that you have to do. Because I know that you are engaged in technology, which is mm-hmm. so important, right? Mm-hmm. And being successful. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the sim- like I said, I kind of keep saying simple systems because uh-huh. that's really important to me. <laughs> I want mm-hmm. it to be for myself and for anybody I'm working with as simple as possible, right? Yes. And so, you know, when I think about what my bonus brain is, like mm-hmm. the systems I have in place for that, you know, first and foremost, I have my calendar, right? Yes. My Google calendar is is part of my bonus brain, right? It's just uh-huh. and that's free, right? Yes. <laughs> so, but it holds everything, every place that I need to be at every time, right? I had this. I have this interview on my calendar right mm-hmm. now, but mm-hmm. I also have the drive time on there, right, yes. on my calendar yes. too. So I know how long it's going to take. So I know that today I had an hour and a half of time outside of client sessions and here uh-huh. where I could do other work. Without my calendar, I wouldn't know that. Right? Yes, exactly. And, and without having my calendar that well, tightly kind of managed, yes, I would just kind of think I, I had more time when really no part of that time was going to be in the car. Yes, you know? yes. <laughs> and who knows what the drive will be like after this, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then the other part of it is just having a task list. Yeah. So the, the calendar is kind of the the place to capture the action that has to happen on a certain day and time uh-huh. and with specific people usually. But the task list is the is the thing that captures any other action that has to happen. Yes. So 
I have one of two places to go to figure out what action I need to take, my calendar or my task list, and uh-huh. that's it. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. And the program I use for that is called GQs. Okay. Um, there's a free version of it. Uh-huh. There's, you know, a, a paid version that's really inexpensive. But uh, it's G-Q-U-E-U-E-S is how it's spelled. Okay. But it just holds every any, – anything pops into my head. I just yeah. get on my phone and pop it into GQs, and then I, I figure it out later. I yes. figure out what I have to do with it later. And that's the key big thing is if, if you are able to play – Place it somewhere. Yes, it's safe. Yes, which allows you to release it. Then it opens up for you to be in your um, optimum place for creativity mm-hmm. and, um, and I think and, and presence. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, so important. Um, I think so many people are they rethink and they relook and they spend so much time. It's such a time waster um, when you don't have something that you can really um, uh, allow your bonus brain to take advantage and and have that stuff in a safe place. What about uh, scheduling time with yourself? Do you put that on your calendar and the activities and things that you need to do to be successful to where you've got your block times yeah. to know that you need to do things? Yeah, the, the main time that I do that, I have one time that I commit to myself. I have uh-huh. my morning time of like reading and doing that kind yes, of stuff. Yes. But, but as far as like taking a look at my system, taking uh-huh. a look at my bonus brain and okay. making sure it's up to date, I do that every single Friday morning Yes, uh, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. pretty much, uh-huh. 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. for sure, and depending on if I need longer, 9 to 11. Uh-huh. This week, I'm at, I'm out of town. I'm flying out after this today. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to be able to do it, and so I did it today, mm-hmm. right? So I scheduled, I moved that time forward a day to make sure I was going to have that couple hours to yes. look at my calendar, mm-hmm. to look at my task list. Uh, the other part of my bonus brain I didn't mention yet was, you know, kind of your reference system. Okay. And so that can be, you know, obviously your filing cabinet. And, and you know, for me, it's Dropbox where I keep all my computer files. Yes. But Evernote, which is where I would keep all my, you know, email templates and all uh-huh. those kinds of things. So having that time once a week where I go through my entire system, my entire bonus brain yes. to make sure it's up to date for the next week. Okay. And what would you say, uh, at least to somebody that says they, you know, it's too hard for them to use a a CRM, which is really the database to be able to manage their clients Mm -hmm. and activities. What would be your uh, coaching answer to them? I would say, do you feel confident that you followed up with everybody that needs to be followed up with? Yes. And if you don't, then Mm -hmm. you need to make the time. Exactly. And And I would imagine most of the time the answer is going to be no. Yeah. Because without being able to take advantage of uh, technology and the ability for it to be able to store, organize, and you talk about... um, uh, you know, being able to have something to know if something's got missed yeah. or that that really is what that is for. You don't have to think about what to do or exactly. who to connect with because it manages that that process for you. Yeah, it takes the thinking out of it. And it takes a little bit of setup, and that's where people uh-huh. fall short is they don't take the time to create the system within the tool. There's no one CRM that's going to solve all yeah. your problems. There's yes. no one tool yes. that's going to solve all your problems. It's determining how do you want that tool to function? Why uh-huh. did you get it? What do you want things to look like? And setting it up for that, that's what's going to keep you using it. Yes. Instead of you know paying however much you pay a month for a CRM system that you never yeah. touch. Yeah, exactly. Well, you have those two things, and you've um, talked about both of them, uh, task manager and CRM, and they both are important. Task manager to manage you and your task and activity or task, your CRM to manage your activities and stay in contact with your clients. And so um, also you've, you've talked about that there's so many different out there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that you do your research and demo uh, 
four or five, a handful that you've talked with other people that engage and use it and find out what works best for you, as Mm -hmm. you said. And once you've made that decision, stick with it. Yeah. Because I use the example of when you're, you know, you go to buy a home. You in when we have inventory, which we're not in that market, we haven't been no. in a while. But when no. we get back to that market, back in the good old days, you would take a weekend and you would drive around and you'd look at massive amount of homes, mm-hmm. and that was it. You would make an offer on one of those homes, and then you would buy your home and you would close. Now, as we've all been in a home and seen something else we liked in someone else's home, you don't go put your home on the market and sell it. Buy another one. But it's so much easier with a tool that you've picked in technology to bells and whistles that you hear something else. And that's why I think people don't stay engaged there. They don't take the time to take the hard road to learn it Mm -hmm. to where they can make it part of their business or they're constantly thinking there's something better out there and never really committing to it. And they've never defined why they got it to begin with. So that's why I am a big yeah. fan of, of not investing in technology. Like mm-hmm. I, when I jump in with clients, we work with what they already have first. Okay. Determine what the process looks like with the tools they have. And that might be an Excel spreadsheet. I don't uh-huh. care. Okay. Like how are you going to use that Excel spreadsheet to stay in touch with your clients and determine what those touch points are? Uh-huh. You get that locked down. Then you know what you need out of a CRM. Yes. Right. So if you can if you can get systems in place with the what might be considered the subpar tools uh-huh. <laughs> ahead okay. of time, okay. it allows you to invest. And when you are investigating four or five CRMs to be uh-huh. able to say which one is really going to be the best one based on this system I already developed with my basic Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, great. So it sounds like you really take that tailored approach yeah. um, again with your uh, clients. Where do you find that the biggest lack of um, utilizing tools that you found with working with so many uh, solo and, and entrepreneurs. Definitely in that client follow-up space. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Whether it, again, whether it's a CRM, whether uh-huh. it's a spreadsheet. And isn't that crazy because there are, we're, we're all in sales. Yeah. I mean, it really is about that connecting. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, I think a lot of times it's about thinking about, you know, whether it's a, the volume of connection or the quality of connection. Okay. And so when people don't take time, when they're just thinking, I need to make X number of calls a week, I make uh-huh. me, need to make my 100 calls you know, on Monday or Tuesday or whatever it might be, if they're not thinking about who they want to be talking to, why they want to be talking to them, what clients they really want to be attracting, they might not be talking to the right people. So it's first and foremost thinking about that. But then from that point on is how often do you want to be talking to them and about what do you want to be talking to them? I have clients who don't make very many calls, but the calls that they make are the ones they're excited about because they put on a lot of events instead. So they're inviting people to events and they're inviting Mm -hmm. people into education because that's what they care about. Exactly. And so there's fewer calls, but they're higher quality. Yes. And and you just said, I mean, it's it's not the shotgun approach. It's right. really a, a strategic approach, strategizing on who you want to get connected with, having a plan of how you're going to touch them. So it's basically a system and a process that you are running through. And again, it's finding out what was it's important and unique to them mm-hmm. that they're passionate about doing. And if they're right? not doing it, go ahead and start with somebody else's plan, uh-huh. right? Go ahead and do what, whatever the guru in your industry yes. says to do. Give it a shot uh-huh. and then make tweaks. But not doing it is not going to help you. We, exactly. You cannot get information. You can't make those tweaks unless you actually try it. Yeah. And I think it's going back again to rejoicing in the small. If you yeah. know, just thinking, well, what's this one phone call going to make? Well, it's not about that one phone call. It's about the one phone call now, the one fo- phone call after that, mm-hmm. and the compound effect that that's going to have. Um, the alternative is you're not making any, and you're never going to get your business to that next level. Exactly. Yeah. So staying here with Elise coming up next on the Money Hour: Overcoming Overwhelm. Elise Enriquez with Elise Enriquez Coaching and Consulting right here at 11:50 a.m. KKNW after this short break.
Are you a business owner stuck on the hamster wheel of just keeping up with your daily demands of your business? Are you letting clients, friends, and family down because things are slipping through the cracks? Or maybe you're a business owner with a team that's having a hard time with leadership? Elise Enrique's Productivity Coaching helps solopreneurs and entrepreneurs just like you create simple systems for sustainable success. And they help small business owners get their team on track so that everyone can work together to help their customers and business grow. Elise Enrique's Productivity Coaching can help you create your bonus brain that will hold everything that needs to be remembered so that you can use your brain to solve problems and dream bigger. Elise is a certified life coach and Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Facilitator that helps her clients achieve consistent year-over-year growth. And Elise takes a highly personalized and customized approach to helping her clients achieve their goals with less stress. This is Elise Enriquez with Elise Enriquez Productivity Coaching. To get more information on overcoming the overwhelm of entrepreneurship, you can call me at 206-909-2117 or reach me online at eliseenriquez.com. Again, that's 206-909-2117 or eliseenriquez.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 14th show. I bring in each week in studio the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding money. I'm here to help you in today's economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50 or go online to themoneyhour.com. Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. I can get you connect with the guests that I have in studio today, Elise Enriquez with Elise Enriquez Coaching and Consulting. And we're talking about overcoming overwhelm. And before we go into the break, we were talking about CRM. And just for uh, listeners that uh, may not know what a CRM is, Client Relationship Manager, you may hear it uh, as Contact Relationship Manager. And really, it's a database to be able to organize everything that's happening with your clients. And at least you were talking about the importance of uh, strategically knowing when and how you're going to touch clients and how often that's really what a CRM does is to help you manage that, uh, that process. So um, for you, Elisa, you do, do you have specific uh, processes and follow um, things that you follow and tools that you use? I have overall processes and models that I use in my business and, and how I work with people. Um, and I have tools, of course, I use in my own business for my own, you know, my own use. But mm-hmm. my client's business is their business. And so, you know, it's not talking about like, you know, pushing people to any particular product or any okay. particular tool. It's about taking a model and helping them apply it to themselves in a deeply personal way. Because no, you know, no business is the same. No business owner is the same. No person mm-hmm. is the same. Yes. So no session is the same, right? And so each path is going to be their own unique path that we develop based on, like you were saying before, like, tried and true practices, but customized to their approach and to what they care about most. Yeah. And that makes sense. And finding out, you know, um, uh, where their strengths at or where their excitement is in the areas and things that they're using to help them excel in their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you see productivity related to uh, organized and being organized? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's interesting because 
I kind of think that anybody can be organized. Uh-huh. Like I'm, really? I don't know. I don't. I know. I don't know if that's like a rebellious thing for me to say. <laughs> oh, I think anybody can. Anybody can. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it, I think we're all capable. But so many are not. Well, and a lot of people kind of think that it's this almost mm-hmm. like you have an organized gene or not, an organization uh-huh. gene or yeah. not. Yes, you know, it's very either or. Or they wrap up creativity in it. They think okay. that you know, I'm. You can either be create creative or organized. Uh huh. I love both and thinking. I try to stay away from either or thinking and look at both and thinking. I believe that you can both be creative and organized. And I think a lot of people who are in business and the rainmakers out there, the people who are bringing in all the money and who are really great at sales, they kind of think like, I'm good at that. I'm not good at being organized. Uh And I, I, I just don't think that's true. I think that you're capable of being both. Uh-huh. And of course, there could be, you know, disabilities that affect, you know, people's brain function sure. that can cause you not to be. But other sure. than that, we're, uh-huh. we're all capable of it. I think the reason most people are not organized is because they don't take the time to understand what things really mean to them. They yes. don't have a good way of processing all the stuff, whether it's physical stuff mm-hmm. or or the demands, uh, you know, upon them, whether it's emails or phone calls or text mm-hmm. messages or ideas that they have themselves. They don't have a productive way of processing those to determine what these things mean to them. Because once you know what something means to you, yes. it's much easier to put them in a place that means something to you. Makes sense. And that's all organization is, is putting things where they mean something to you, where they uh-huh. make sense to you. Got it. But if you don't do that first step of understanding what those things mean, it's uh-huh. hard to figure out where to put them and what makes sense and what okay. to do. And it, and I'm not going to, there's definitely trial and error to it. Yes. you got to try some stuff and see how it works. Of course. But then, then it's just little tweaks that you're making instead of mm-hmm. just, you know, overwhelming disorganization. Yeah. And what do you think the, that you see as the biggest uh, disorganization um, thing in people's business that causes the most stress? Well, you know, something that causes a lot of stress is uh-huh. email inbox Totally agree. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you were on the same, uh, same. It is the biggest emotional stress piece, I think, with majority of people yeah. is that inbox. So what are what are a couple uh, inbox tips Ooh, that you... Oh, my favorite tips? Oh, uh-huh. I can share Yeah, let's, let's hear your tips. This, but I got them. <laughs> um, I know no, you do. Well, it's, it's funny because I, I was on uh, a girl's trip a few... Uh, two months ago, uh-huh. and we were all joking around about inbox stuff because they know that that's what I do, right? Yes. Inbox zero is my big uh-huh. thing. And this woman's inbox like, zero, meaning no in- is emails in your inbox. No emails yes. in my inbox at all, right? We need to have an inbox zero party, you and I. <laughs> I know, but and and for me, it's it's that getting there once a week, right? Yeah. The rest of that's what that Friday morning that we talked about okay. is for. Like having my Friday morning time is my uh-huh. time where I get my inboxes to zero. Okay. They're pretty low throughout the week anyway because they're they get to, they were at zero the week before, right? Yes. Yes. Um, but my biggest tip, if you have thousands of emails in your inbox, uh-huh. give yourself permission to archive yes. anything from the yep. beginning of the year or Got from you know, the end of the year back. Okay. Or, or or if you know that you're pretty good, like from last month back, uh-huh. just toss it all into an archive. That yeah. takes thousands and for some yes. people, tens of thousands I, of emails away. Isn't that crazy away. that there are, and I'm sure that a lot of people listening to the show right now, they're thinking, oh my gosh, I, yeah, of course I have 10. It's like, it's a, it's kind of a norm. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's craziest. I'm, you know, I, I talk about a 30 day rule that in 30 days you archive it because if you really think about it, if you haven't addressed and completed an yep. email in 30 days, are you going to? And it's there. You can always go back yep, and or put it in a folder or something um, because ha- having that, uh, the idea of having all of that in 
your inbox is so emotionally stressful. We'll come back to this if we have time on um, some of your other tips. I'm happy to. So how do you see, um, well, no, uh, your clients, uh, do your clients ever want to talk about um, personal stuff? I imagine that you really get one. I I know because I know how you run your your business, but you really are getting into everything with them. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Everything. Yes. (laughs) We get into everything. Yeah. And it's kind of. You really are a counselor as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In fourth grade, Uh that was the first time I got called a, a therapist. I uh-huh. it was, yeah, one of my friends in fourth grade said that she, I was her therapist. Yeah. Um, Love it. Oh, my gosh. How cute. Yeah, but there are definitely more qualified people that are therapists, uh-huh. not me, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm a coach, not a therapist. But um, that's the disclaimer I have to say. Yes. Uh, but it's really interesting. I definitely have clients when they first start with me, the very first time they kind of have a personal thing they have to they just feels weighing on them. Yeah. They kind of sheepishly say like, hey, is it okay if we talk about this? You uh-huh. know? And I'm like, yeah, we talk about whatever we need to work on. Like yes. whatever needs work, we work on. Yeah. Because as we figure that out, it's going to create room and space and definitely learning for them in their business as well. Uh-huh. So, it's, and it's, I think especially in entrepreneurship, like when you have your own business and you're able to, you know, create your own schedule, like life and work start to blend together a lot sometimes. Yeah. And so if you are stuck on something in your personal space, I think it's really important important to get unstuck so that you can free up your time and energy uh-huh. for your business and, yes. to, and to move that forward. And I learned that as early as my Microsoft days, back in the early 2000s, one of the first things that you learned as a manager is if somebody was underperforming, you ask them, is there anything going on that I need to know about that is affecting your ability to perform your job? Uh-huh, yes. So rather than just jumping on them and like, you know, getting frustrated with them, mm-hmm. like you're like, you want to understand them. Sure. And then that allowed us to then point them to HR and get the resources they might need and the okay. support they might need that's out of our purview as, as you know, managers sure. in a sure. business, right? It's the same thing for yourself as a business owner. Mm-hmm. If you're not achieving in some area, it's good to stop and ask yourself, is there something that's going on? What kind of block? Yeah. Yeah. That I need to address. And unfortunately, we don't have HR departments that can point us uh-huh. you know, to, to yeah. everything necessarily, but it allows us to see what's going on. So that way, you know, I might still point them to a therapist uh-huh. or to, you know, an accountant or, you know, to, to some other sort of professional, but I, at least I'm going to give them the safe space to yes. say what's really going on so that they can do something about it and get uh, unstuck. Yeah. And I mentioned in that first um, uh, review of what's happening, it really is an opportunity to be able to open it all up and and then coach around that. Yeah. Yeah. So you yourself, Elise, do you have a coach? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've had, I've had coach. I have a coach mm-hmm. and a therapist. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm both. It's you are covered. I am covered. I think it's good to have both, you uh-huh. know, when you need it. Um, I'm always going to have a therapist, I decided. It's just good to have those tune-ups. Uh-huh. Uh, but I've had coaches. I've definitely hired coaches for specific expertise at different times in my life and business. Uh-huh. And so I've had anyone, you know, anywhere from hiring. Originally, when I first started my coaching practice, you know, master coaches that were were mentoring me okay. to marketing coaches, yes. to profitability coaches, uh-huh. um, to my purpose coach that I worked with for, uh-huh. for so long, who I love dearly. And right now, the, the coach that I'm working with is we're more focused specifically on messaging. But okay. all of those coaches had the ability to flex outside of their narrow realm of expertise to support uh-huh. me in any way that I showed up. Love that. So my profitability coach was with me through my divorce, uh-huh. right? Like uh-huh. that takes a very special coach yes. <laughs> to get somebody, you know, through divorce and increase their profits in yes. their business. Yeah. Like she is forever. I like, yeah, she's forever my hero. <laughs> Love it. And yeah. you, you know, talk, being able to have somebody from the outside see in oh, is yeah. so important. And I'm, I, I always say, watch what mistakes other people are 
we're making because mm-hmm. sometimes it's harder for us to be able to be looking at the mistakes that we're making. But yeah. when you go and you look and see what else somebody is making and then you take it back to you and say, well, am I doing that at the highest level? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, maybe, you know, maybe not. I need some improvement there. Yeah. Um, I got to ask you the key that you're wearing oh, yeah. on your chain. What is that for? It is. Um, I don't know if anybody's heard of the giving key. Okay. Giving key is a, a website where you can go and order these special and you can uh-huh. get different words um, stamped on them. And so mine okay. says every day. And so what is it you've been saying? Um, and uh, you've been talking about Live the little, your dream now. No, your little um, embrace the little, the small oh, moment. The, it, re- rejoice in your small rejoice. successes. Rejoice in your small successes. Yes. So I, when you're saying that, it's like, oh, this is my key. I'm wearing uh-huh. it on the right day. So mine says every day. Okay. And that was my word for 2017. 2016, 2016, uh-huh. my word for the year was every, or my phrase for the year was every day matters. And what that was yeah. about was realizing that you can have these big moments in life, yes. but it's the everyday yeah. stuff yes. that matters in terms of like the day-to-day connection with people, yes. but also the day-to-day yeah. activities. It's the things that I do every day mm-hmm. that are going to move me to where I want to yeah. go. It's the everyday way that I treat my partner yes. that is going to bring me the relationship that I want to have. Exactly. And so my everyday key, even though it was my word for 2016, uh-huh. I still, it's still I my reminder. That. I love I love that. Thanks. And I say every second of the day. Yes. You know, every second and what you decide to do in that second is going to matter for the second after that. And yep. it compounds into the life that you're going to live. Um, while all the finding your way stuff is important, at the end of the day, isn't business just a numbers game? Yeah, to some extent, uh-huh. right? And we kind of mm-hmm. talked about it already. It's like, yeah. we, you have to make contact. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> if you're growing a business... You have to make contact. You have to talk to people. Uh You have to stay in touch with people. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, quantity and quality. And I'm a big fan of quality. Versus quantity. Yeah, Mm -hmm. versus quantity. And quantity is important. Certain quantities are important. But quantity. As long as it's strategic. Yes. Yes. And quantity only (laughs) in and of itself, you know, gets in the way. Because when you focus just on the quantity, you get into that kind of. The, the hustle mode, which is appropriate sometimes uh-huh. and for limited bursts of time. Yeah. And you get into that kind of mentality of like, oh, you got to get your nose to the grindstone. Yes. I don't want to build a life where my nose has to be to the grindstone at all times. Yeah. I want to build a life where I have room to be with my people and yes. I have presence when I'm with my clients. Yeah. And I have, a t- you know, the ability to go into a weekend and feel like I'm going on vacation for the weekend yes. instead of feeling like I'm going to just stress and worry all weekend, yep. right? Yeah. And so it's, for me, it's a matter of, yes, you got to hit those numbers. Yes, you have to make contact. But uh-huh. how can you do it in a way that actually feels right to you? And now can you yeah. have the systems set up to support you mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you don't have to think about all that? So that way, as entrepreneurs, you're going to pick the the destination. You know what your goal is because that puts food on the table. Yes. Right? That yep. determines whether or not you know kids go to college and you are going to fly the family across the country for a dear family member's wedding, right? Yes. But – that, so that part's not hard. Setting the destination isn't hard. It's enjoying the journey yes. along the way. And that's what I help people do is enjoy yeah. the journey. Yeah. And I and, and depending on, you have people that really just like to dial for dollars because that's their strength. Yeah. And they are, um, you know, like you have in the real estate space, you have your Mike Ferry mm-hmm. and you have your Brian Buffini. Yep. 
totally two different Mike Ferry is make sure they have the checkbook ready and sign. And that right. is the hardcore. The Brian Buffini is the building the relationships. Yep. And I call it an opportunity game. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity game is where you're really, you do have to have the numbers in there, but it's so that you've got a chance to build those opportunities and then you're building that relationship. So love that. Um, we have a minute left. So I would love, I know you have much more than one tip for email, but <laughs> share with my listeners as we wrap up our time since it's the biggest time waster and emotional stress yeah. is one email tip. So one more email tip. Okay. My biggest one I just have to say is unsubscribe. Yes. Unsubscribe. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Delete. Like the first step was archive and uh-huh. I have five steps to inbox zero. The first step uh-huh. is archive. The second step is delete and uh-huh. unsubscribe. Yes. So you just go into your, once you've archived everything, go in and sort everything by who it's from. Uh-huh. And you've, you know, you've got that email from the, you know, whatever dealership that you bought a car from 10 yes. years ago that you yeah. don't even own that car anymore. Yes. And they're still sending you stuff. Yes. You just sort by that and delete all of their emails and unsubscribe uh-huh. so that we, we are protecting your inbox moving forward yeah. <laughs> from so future I want you abuse. To <laughs> visualize that if you're listening to the show. What would it feel like to you if you were at zero in your inbox. I mean, I just get that butterfly and gives me a little bit of goosebumps because well, you, it is you a know big it's deal. not getting done now, right? Yes. A cluttered yeah. inbox means a bunch of stuff that you don't know yes. what needs to get and done. You've got and that emotional not. stress attached to that. Yeah. It's the um uh yeah. Well, Elise, I've just had I've had so much fun uh, having you me in too. studio here and I appreciate your wealth of information. How do my listeners connect with you? You can find me at my website, eliseenriquez.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah. And this is your host, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Uh, It was a great day talking money today. I'll be here same time, same place next weekend right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. 